Good evening, Europia. Welcome to Euro Today. I am your host, Calvin Coolidge, along with my guests for the week, Seven Deaths. Hello. Seol. Hello. And Sopo. Hey, how's it going? We are here as we are every week, some amalgamation of us, to review the events and happenings in Europia during the course of the last seven-ish days. So, we're going to start at the top of our list, which was the biggest celebration that Europia has quite possibly ever had, quote, question mark, and definitely the biggest thing going on this week, our hashtag Euro 10 slash decade of Europia slash Europia's 10th anniversary celebration put on by Pam and Writing Legend and a lot, a lot of others. So, that is top of our list. Let's start with the uh, Sopo. If you wanna run down your thoughts, feelings, all the all that jazz, Sopo. Sorry, my uh, fizzled a little bit there. Um, sorry. Hopefully, it can be heard. Okay. Um, yeah, I can hear. You. Anyway, I do have some thoughts about the subject. Okay, great. Um, I think overall it was a great uh, celebration of European's 10th anniversary, um, worthy of our 10 years. Uh, I think the speeches especially were excellent. A lot of people who aren't usually very heartfelt about things came out and said very heartfelt things. I thought that was really nice. Um, I will say that it seemed that Pan did have to do a lot of the work himself for whatever reason. Um, and I know that he, he was the one who was spearheading it to begin with. Um, so I guess that's, that's where the buck stopped and so he got it done, but it did seem that there wasn't a ton of collaboration with other people. So I don't know if those who were on his committee, uh, didn't pan out or what, but I think especially the region building conference that he set up, uh, just didn't happen. So I'm not sure his name was for that or who, where the blame should lie for that, but that just didn't seem to happen at all. And I think most people just forgot about it anyway. So in the end, not a big deal. Otherwise, I think it was a huge, huge success. Um, fun games, great speeches. Um, maybe not everything it could have been, but uh, all things considered, I think it was a good time. Okay. Uh, Seal? Um, so, uh, Euro 10, uh, I think, like Topa said, it could have used a couple more people helping out. But uh, I did really enjoy the speeches. I thought that uh, most of them were... Um, it was nice seeing, like people's stories uh of like what europea has um influenced in their life um it, so those were really nice to see uh no i uh, i think hem's ovation was a uh, as uh, very well deserved i was kind of surprised he didn't have one um uh, being here 10 years uh and overall i uh, it was a fun event to fun event to watch all right, and seven deaths. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just gonna echo what um, my co-host said, and I I had a lot of fun. What I did participate in, uh, some of the speeches uh, were really nice. I was disappointed with my own speech. I feel like I should have taken longer to work on it. Um, but and yeah, I never really thought. I guess I never really thought about it. I just thought Ham had an ovation already. Um, it never really occurred to me to to ask. So I was surprised that he didn't already have one. Yeah. Go ahead. Woo. Yeah. So in addition to those things that you guys listed, I also 
want to give a shout out to the phenomenal rollout, I think, of the economy minigame that was there and the whole roleplay aspect that people really got into. In addition to the speeches, which were really nice, um, it was another cool thing to see a part of Europa's past come back, even in jest, um, with whole executive order and Senate debate and Occupy movement and everything. I think it, uh, that was, I think, a part where the collaboration that we didn't see so much on the other half of the celebration come into play really came into play here. A lot of people were willing to take up part of the part of the fun in this aspect, uh, not just him. So that was nice to see that he wasn't entirely alone. Although, uh, you know, a little more support in the other areas would have been nice. I think we got a lot of people back who wouldn't have come back otherwise for a really nice event. And yeah, like Sopo said, it wasn't everything that it could have been, but it was, it was really nice for what it was. So that's, I think about it for the Euro 10 topic. Unless you wanted to add anything else before we move on. I do wish that there are some Mm -hmm. people who would have come back for the Euro 10 that I missed seeing like Swak or Vintage. Sad. That's true. We didn't get everybody, but we got some. The next topic I want to go into is the Citizens Assembly Chair election, and then resignation almost immediately following that election. So for those of you who weren't following what happened, the Citizens Assembly Chair race was going to be between Darkness and Leo Draken, until Darkness got nominated for Vice President. Once Darkness ascended to the Vice Presidency, he dropped out of the race. It was kind of late for any other candidate to jump in at that point, so Leo ended up being the only candidate. He, of course, won the election, and uh, one official vote halfway later, and like three days, Leo announced he was resigning, and uh, we're going to have to hold elections uh, probably again tomorrow or sometime soon in some sort of by-election. So that's where we're at with the Citizens' Assembly. Uh, Seol, do you want to start us up on this one? Uh, sure. So um, I, th- I think that Leo would have made a good CA chair if he had the time to do it. Um, I think he made the right choice stepping down after seeing what he had to say in the Discord uh, the day he did res- end up resigning. Uh, it seems like he had a lot to deal with, and I think it's good that he's going to um, try and cut off a couple of his responsibilities so he can deal with that. Uh, real life is always more important than nation states, and I think we've seen that a couple times throughout this term. Um, and uh, I... I um, I, there are a couple people who I'd be interested in seeing run for CHR in a couple, like, um, so, so someone who I hope runs, well, two people who I hope run who might not, uh, who might not win, but I think it would be interesting if they were to get position. I'd like to see Consti run. He seems like, um, he, he seems like he's become pretty active and he might have, and I think he could turn into, uh, a pretty influential player uh, with enough time. And I think the CA chair would be a good spot for him to start with that. And I'd also like to see UV run uh, after not running, after not winning a Senate seat. Um, I, I think mostly due to his lackluster uh, 
Senate, uh, Senate term. Um, I think that he, I think this would be a good way to show he is ready for another Senate run. Um, so I wish Leo all the best and I can't wait to see the new candidates. Okay. Uh, seven, seven deaths. Do you want to go next? Uh, yeah, sure. I haven't really paid much attention to the CA in a while. Um, but I was on when Leo was talking in Eurochat about maybe resigning and he did seem like he had overstretched himself a bit. Um, and he was super remorseful about it. Like he didn't want to do it. And, but in the end, I respect his decision to resign because if you're, if, if you can't fully execute the responsibilities of the position, then you absolutely should resign. Um, it'll look, it actually looks better resigning because you can't do the job than sticking around and doing poorly because you can't do the job coming from someone who's done that several times. Uh, so I'm proud of him for the decision you make. And I hope that uh, once things calm down, he runs again or runs for something else, but he's good. I like him. All right. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that it happened the way it did. Um, it's not good to have, to have that much turnover, especially right after an election. But I totally understand where he's coming from. I've done the same thing uh, where I've gotten into something only to realize that I was completely incapable of uh, fulfilling the duties for the thing that I signed up for. Um, so I think it's certainly better for him to get out now uh, before, you know, he does any damage. You know, if you were just to sit around and not actually do anything, it'd be a lot worse. So I think you need the right call under the circumstances. And I hope that um, by doing so, that allows him to concentrate more on the positions and to continue to find success there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if you are in the position that he felt he was in, stressed by real life, and you've got too much going on, if you got to drop something, drop something. So, yeah, I'm glad he owned up to that. It's unfortunate that it plays into kind of a reoccurring trend in the Citizens' Assembly that we've managed to avoid for a while is the early resignations and the kind of instability. Um, and, again, I understand why it happened. It's just unfortunate that this keeps happening to the Citizens' Assembly because, uh, I mean, this time we were even in the middle of a vote and it's just kind of messy, but... Whatever, it happens. We'll get a new election, as we always do, and somebody will come in and stabilize it, and uh, the CA will move on to bigger, better things, as they usually do. So, looking forward to seeing that, and uh, wishing Leo the best in his current position and future positions, should he decide to do anything with them. Okay, so the next topic I want to get into is another legislative topic. The Senate has recently passed the Political Ethics Amendment 2017, and President Seymour has signed it into law. This was a law passed from the Citizens' Assembly almost unanimously under the name Political Freedom Amendment that would have uh, made it so justices and the Attorney General could register for political parties as well as those positions. Uh, The Senate changed it so it was just the Attorney General and they had their own reasons behind it, which we will discuss. So, uh, I don't know who wants to start us off on this one. Seven deaths. Ah, well, I have very little to say about the political ethics amendment, other than um, 
it's about time. I don't know. I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't be able to join political parties. So I'm in favor of it. That's really all I have. <laughs> okay. Sopo. Sopo. General version. Uh, that would allow justices to join political parties as well. I'm happy that the Senate passed some version of it, and then at least the Attorney General will be able to join political parties. Um, as you said, Calvin, I think it's uh, pretty unnecessary and meaningless to prevent justices and the Attorney General from joining political parties, as it's usually, if not always, pretty obvious where their political affiliations and their loyalties lie. So. I kind of understand the point of um, having them look impartial, at least on paper, but if it doesn't have any practical effect, I don't really think it. So I was hoping that they would pass it as the CA did, but I'm happy to have this little bit of success. So I, yeah, so I agree with uh, Sopo. I think that um, this, this was a good thing to pass. I think that it should have included justices as well. Um, People are going to talk to whoever. You can't really stop them from doing that. And just stopping them from seeming like they're actually talking to people, that's not really going to help anyone be more impartial. I think that when the justice is appointed, um, I, I would hope that, that, that them being impartial is something that the Senate would take into consideration. Uh, so... Hopefully, um, eventually, the uh, justices will also be allowed to join political parties. Yeah, I agree. As the author of the original amendment in the Citizens' Assembly, I, I wish they'd passed it as was, but I, I understand uh, Malachan's argument that he brought up about the appearance of impartiality, but I mean, you know, as we've said, with a community that we have, you pretty much know where people lie, and if you don't know where they lie, then you should, by the time you nominate them for justice, that sort of stuff should be known, so we know how they're going to rule and whatever. So, uh, I mean, the Attorney General was a was a partial victory. Uh, this is the Assembly's already, or was working on some sort of other law to push the point back to the Senate, saying, we want both. So we'll see where that goes. I'm hoping that that gains some traction so we can get both at once. But if it doesn't, this is a, this is a step in the right direction. Now, the next topic is another Senate topic. We have the Chair Election Correction Amendment from Senator Isaris. This one came about after the Citizens' Assembly Chair Election, and it brought up that Brought up that uh, during the election, Leo was running against Leo. Literally, the ballot had top Leo or bottom Leo. You got to choose which Leo you wanted to elect to the chair position. So there wasn't an abstain option. And in addition to this, they wanted to correct the timing of the chair elections, which is something that was brought up in the Citizens' Assembly before it moved on to the Senate. Um, so this would... A couple of different options presented would timing it with Senate elections or making sure it wasn't timed with any elections going on at the same time. So newcomers potentially could run for Senate and then right after that run for chair and they wouldn't have to choose between running for run, running for one or running for the other. And those are things that are being bandied about in the current Senate debate of this amendment. So to discuss this, we'll uh, see old. Do you want to start us off? Oops. Uh, so 
I think that um I think this was a this is a good step to take. Um the having Leo running against himself with no other option, um, it didn't really make sense if Leo was, say, a really bad option. Uh one, I'd hope someone would run against him. But two, if there wasn't, uh I'd hope we'd have an option to not elect him. Um so I think that this was a pretty important step to take. Um that's really all I have to say about this. All right. Uh, Sopo? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that uh, changing it so that there's always another option is the best choice. Uh, the other thing I will comment on is the attempt to prevent concurrent elections, uh, something which I don't really think is that big of a deal. Um, as I think Ed noted, we used to have presidential and Senate elections at the same time. And while it perhaps was not ideal, um, I think there were a couple benefits to it at least in that if people were running for both Senate and President, then they would have to explain sort of like, why are you running for both of these things? Which one do you really want? And then I think the problem was that often the Senate seat was sort of a consolation prize for somebody who's running for Senate and still wanted or weren't running for president and still wanted to be involved somehow if they didn't win the presidential election. Um, so theoretically, somebody could run for Senate and for the Citizens' Assembly, but they would then have to explain why they were choosing one, why they weren't choosing one over the other, and which one was more important to them. And I think it would be kind of nice, at least a fringe benefit of having those elections at the same time, even if it's just every once in a while on accident, that... You know, at least then you would know that people running for CA chair are really dedicated to that and they're not going to try to hop over to the Senate at the next possible opportunity. Um, but, off, you know, that doesn't happen that often. I really don't think concurrent elections are that big of a deal. Um, so I'm glad that the Senate didn't change that. And some deaths. Uh, again, I actually have very little to say about this. I agree with what's been said, and I don't really see a reason for me to ramble on agreeing. For five minutes. Okay. Yeah, I. I also I agree with Sopo um, with the benefits of having the uh, elections possibly being uh, the consequences of having the election of Senate and CA being at the same time is first off incredibly rare and all those other things that he said pretty much sums up my view on it exactly, so I'm also not going to waste time by repeating what he said. Um, I also agree that adding an abstain option was, uh, would be good to the chair elections when there's only one candidate. I'm sure it was an oversight when we were doing one of our ordinance reviews, so that'd be, uh, that'd be a nice benefit. Okay, that wraps up our talk of the Senate. Sort of. Uh, Now we want to get into our discussion of Senate aides, which is something that recently became a bit of a spotlighted issue um, when there was discussion over how Senate aides, how Senate aides should react in public. And when they're making statements, do they reflect their senators? How much would they reflect if they do? And to what standards should they be held to? by their senators and by the public. Um, it recently became a bit of a flashpoint issue once Consti, I believe. Um, I think it was Consti. I might have 
getting confusing it with somebody else. That's that's, that's correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, Consti, um kind of mouthed off, one could say, to President Seymour. Isaris, uh did not take kindly to that and chastised him in public. He got a bit of heat for that. And uh, then kind of released a statement explaining why he did it. Later, J.D., who's also a senator, announced that he had an aide that he was announcing, and he also put forward some standards that he expected his aide to have. So there's a potential for a discussion to break out on what exactly we want from our Senate aides and what the senators should want. So a little bit to unpack there. Let's, uh, whoever wants to start on that one. Uh, Sopo? Uh, sure. Um, I was the first person to hop on Isaris, um, when he called out Consti for saying something that he thought was inappropriate. Um, I thought, uh, Izzy's criticism was pretty over the top and, and um, Senate aid is not, not to say that it's not a big deal. I mean, it's good. It's a great learning experience, but I think we're putting a lot of pressure on people whose positions are pretty inconsequential overall. It's not as if they're making policy really. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know exactly what people are having their Senate aides do. Um, it, it just seems like there's no reason to place these standards on Senate aides when they're not, it's not as if they're like, the spokesperson for this senator. He doesn't work for the president. I don't think he has a responsibility to not ask questions. Um, it, it just seems a little bit much to me. And I guess that's basically what I was trying to get at. Um, I was unaware of JD's Senate aid and his standards for his Senate aid. So I'm actually going to look at that now, but it basically what he said is just be respectful is what it looks like. So that seems reasonable and the same standards that I have for all human beings, not just for Senate aides. So anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say through all of this rambling is that Senate aides should pretty much be allowed to do whatever the, whatever they want, as long as, you know, they're still doing their job as a Senate aide, which is, I guess, helping draft legislation or research, or whatever it is that the senator has them doing. I just don't really think they're like a public face of the person that they're working for. We don't expect the same thing of assistant ministers or anybody else in, in a similar position. So it, it just seems like too much. Okay. Seven deaths. Uh, yeah, I actually do have some stuff to say on this one. Mm-hmm. When I first, I read Isaris' statement first. Um, so when I first read the statement, and his expectations, I was, I was okay. Like this is fine. Um, I believe that a senator who voluntarily takes on a Senate aide um, should be able to lay down some groundwork for for what they think their aide should do or act like, rather. Uh, but then I stumbled upon the post in question, and I can't believe that this is really that big of a deal. Um, it's not even that like mean of a question. Every single one of us in this call right now has said something worse, I think, to a president or even aches at this moment. Um, and I think that Isaris might have taken it a little too far. Um, and then when I went back and read his statement a second time, 
I started to question some things. Um, like his second expectation, seek my counsel if you are confused about something before making a public posting. What exactly constitutes public posting in this context? Anything that he says in public, like anything at all, or just something on an official threat? Um, and if he's not acting as the Senate aide at that point, does it matter? Why should he have to consult? So I can see where laying down some expectations is good, but I feel like you shouldn't overstep. Uh, I think Ezra's overstepped. Okay, and Seal? So I'm going to agree with the other two. Um, I think Isaris went a little too far. Um, I think this was a pretty reasonable question, uh, especially considering senators won't vote themselves into or won't confirm themselves for a position they'll vote abstain. Um, so I think that this question uh, is a reasonable one to ask. And I certainly don't think there's any reason to try and res restrict someone's uh, right to speak. Um, I, and then, like, going back to the second, uh, the second um, requirement, um, I, I think that people should be allowed to ask questions wherever they want. Um, it doesn't seem like most questions we look down upon uh, by most people in the region. So I don't really think there's any need to force someone to ask someone to ask you specifically a question uh, if they have one. Um, but I, I think that this issue, it, it's not really an issue. I think that everyone's going to move on pretty quickly and forget about it in a week. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Not if they listen to Euro today, they won't. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I also agree. I think it was an overreaction from Izzy. Um, I... When I was reviewing, I, re I instantly regretted saying he, that Consti mouthed off. Because really, I mean, his question was not much of... It wasn't really that rude. It was just a little... I mean, you know, he was a newcomer. So he, he he's asking about the policies of, you know, what, what looks right and what doesn't look right. And he's, you know, honestly trying to figure it out. So he asked, and then he was chastised for asking, and that... I mean that you know that, that that doesn't seem right. Uh, if Izzy had a problem with the way the question was asked, which you know he could because it's a it's it's a mentoring kind of thing. You take someone under your wing, and you could you know privately message them and say, hey, uh, if you have like I don't like if you have a question like that, and uh, some people give you it, people might think that you're a little. Maybe you should do some research first or something like that and then answer the question privately for them or something like that and say, you know, I love that you're asking questions. Um, don't be afraid to ask more questions. Just letting you know this particular question I thought was phrased a little weird and you might want to think a little more on it and something like that. Some, something to that effect. Um, pulling him aside, being a one-on-one -on -one mentor, not what Izzy did, which was public shaming for really a minor infraction of social code so in terms of oh my apologies that's i'm getting pinged oh izzy apologized for the record uh so i want <laughs> we should put that in so that's that's in dis the discussion as well uh he has since recanted but uh jd's 
addition of adding standards, like Sopo said, they're, I mean, pretty reasonable standards, but I think it's interesting that, that he had to put out standards for his Senate aid. Um, I mean, I'm thinking definitely in terms of reaction to here's what Senate aides have been discussed about recently. I guess they have standards, so I'll make sure mine has standards, even if the standards are pretty baseline and expected anyway. I don't know if that's going to be a trend. I don't think it is, but it has the potential to be, and that's kind of odd. I don't know. Ultimately, this is kind of a small issue, um, but it happened this week, and it was odd, so we're talking about it. And that pretty much segues into our uh, last wait, topic. Uh, Dre had one question oh. uh, in McFlurry. Uh, uh, does this impact our expectations of how relevant senators will question nominees? Uh, I'm not sure I understand that question. Could someone explain it? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think my understanding of it is that if Izzy is criticizing his, or reprimanding his Senate aide for seemingly criticizing president, will Izzy then hesitate in criticizing presidential uh, nominees? I got you. I think that's what he's getting at. And I guess my answer is, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would like to think not, but it's certainly possible that if that a senator who is seemingly sympathetic to the president, which is not an issue whatsoever, would also be easier on presidential nominees. But I don't think any senator wants to look like they're just, you know, rolling over. So I can't imagine a situation where he would not question them at all. Um, and I think especially after this, I, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think... Um, so, I would go ahead. Okay, so I think that this is a little bit different than the Senate aid situation. I think that the Senate will... Re I think the Senate, the Senators realizes that it's, it's our duty to assure that the uh, presidential nominees are uh, high quality, that they will do a good job in whatever position they're being appointed. Um, and I think that the Senate aid was just, it was a small question uh, that didn't really mean all that much. Whereas I think that the ministers and the um, justices, uh, they, um, they, they, will, they will actually have a a large influence on the region. Yeah, I, I think that this is a, a different thing entirely because, first off, if we assume the presidential nominee's meaning for this term, I don't think any senator is going to go easy on any of the nominees from this administration, particularly because there's been so many nominees already that they've gotten a fair amount of practice on their questions for this administration. And there's kind of a, if there's another one that I think they'd have to, you know, kind of dig deep and say, all right, let's examine this one and see what else is going on in this administration. Cause something's happening that we're getting all these replacements in this administration. But the next one, um, if it's just a general question of the Senator, a Senator having the belief that the president, whoever that may be as a position, hold a certain amount of sway and we should give them deference. I still think that's, you know, different in terms of we should respect them when we're talking to them and we shouldn't, if the question's out of line in when they're making a speech, 
is different, then we should give them some deference when they nominate somebody, but we should still find out, you know, who the person is they're nominating, what they want to do, all the regular questions. You could argue that European Senates in general kind of give deference to the president anyway, so I don't know how much is really going to change if the senator gives more deference to the position of the president anyway, but I, I don't know. I don't see it as really having much of an impact. So with that, we'll move into the next topic then, which uh, segues nicely because it was in the thread that this whole Senate aid thing happened. President Seymour announced the Discord moderation team that will be in place over our Discord server. He announced that earlier this week, and the picks were, I mean, mostly pretty non-controversial. I'm just going to run down the list that he presented. Hem, Lethen, Mouse Bumples, R3N, NES, Malishan, Drek, Aix himself, Darkness, Brunhilda, and Captain Carrot. So this is the mixture of administrators, um, the current administration, chancellors, and previous social media communication format things, administrators, and Brunhilde and Captain Carrot. So nobody really out of place here, but uh, I don't know. There's something new to discuss. It was required through the passage of the Communication Platform Administration Act, and uh, we can discuss the act itself, we can discuss the moderators or the team or Discord administration in general, if we wish to delve into this topic. So, uh, if anyone has anything they want to tackle from any of those topics, they can go ahead. Um, well, I think the picks were good uh, overall. They make sense. The only one that is actually a little odd to me is Brunhilda, uh, considering her sort of extended leave of absence and health problems. I don't know if she's actually going to be around that much. Um, I'm sure there was a reason for appointing her, perhaps just because she's been doing it before, um, to carry over to the new team. Um, and I certainly don't think it's a detriment that she's she's there. At this time, I'm not really sure if she'll actually be doing that job, um, given her lighter activity and, again, her resignation and leave of absence. Um, but otherwise, I think they're, I mean, they're all very solid picks. The people make sense to me, uh, diverse time zones, um, mixes of experiences and administration officials and government people. So, no, I think he did a good job. Okay. Uh, seven deaths. Uh, yeah, I can only echo the sentiments already expressed. Uh, I don't see any bad picks here. I mean, everyone who's on here is either trustworthy or has done it before. And like Sopa said, it's a pretty good mix of um, time zones and stuff. So, yeah, good. No problems. And Seal? Uh, I don't really have anything to add on top of what the other two said. Okay. Uh yeah, I'm also going to echo. I mean, if anything, I feel like maybe it's too many names cuz that's pretty much anybody and everybody we could need and I might be admin overkill, but 
I mean, there's not really any harm in appointing more people. It's not like we have limited resources or anything that we need to allocate. And all of them are, I mean, you know, qualified, as we've said. So fine, fine selections. Just, I don't know, seems like maybe overkill, but, you know, I mean, it can't hurt, I guess. The only other thing I'd want to discuss about this topic is just the administration of Discord in general has kind of been controversial, uh, particularly before the passage of the bill that required this, um, because different admins have different ideas of how to administrate Discord. That should be clearer now that we have this law in place, but I don't know, part of me wonders, like, since we have so many different admins, if they don't know the rules, or if they worry, like, somebody else will take care of it, I wonder if, like, there'll be too many cooks in the kitchen, to like, and there'll be an inaction as, like, somebody will deal with this and I, I don't know i mean it, it's all hypothetical i don't see it really going wrong but i think if anything goes wrong it'd just be because there's i don't know those problems of we don't want to wade into the controversy controversy that we have seen in the past on this topic but i don't know which should be clearer now so might be a non-issue if any of you want to weigh in on that or we can end there i don't see the big deal with pings personally i mean why be a member of a server if you're not going to get pings. Isn't that why you're there? So people can tell you what's going on? It's where I get most of my news from. Yeah. You can also mute all the pings if you I mean, really don't want them. It's not even just the pings, though. I mean, we also have, like, the what belongs in debate, what belongs in spam, those kind of questions, So, I mean, it's all pretty subjective. Um, I think definitely... Yeah. And it usually just happens naturally. It's not like people come into the main Euro chat and they're like, oh, let's just spam this place up. It just sort of like the conversation naturally generates into spam. And at that point, I would say if somebody's like, hey, can you guys do this in spam instead? People should honor that request and do it. But I don't think we need to be like Nazis about it or anything. Uh, it can also be kind of annoying if people are in Euro chat and then they're debating something super serious. And again, I would say, you know, if people like want to have more normal, petty conversation, say, hey, could you guys do this in debate? And I would hope that people would honor that request. I think we just need to not be bags to each other and everything would be fine. Yeah. What I'd like to know is I didn't really spend a whole lot of time in uh, your chat on Skype, but we didn't have different channels on Skype. Mm -hmm. So were people always like not a huge fan of different conversations going on in, in Skype, or is it just now just because we have the channels, they feel like they should be used. So I think conversation is conversation. I don't think it matters where it is. I mean, we didn't yeah. have it before. I mean, it, it was a little bit more complicated because as you already noted, there was just the one group. And so I think since there was no separate place for each of these conversations, it was just sort of like whatever is currently dominating the conversation is what is happening. So if there's a lot of people doing spammy stuff, it's just what's going on. If people are debating, they're debating. There's not really anywhere else for it to go. So basically, the conversation is just, you know, overtaken by whatever people were doing at the time. Um, so there were really any specific rules about that. And usually it worked fine. Um, we definitely did have some problems when there were like 8 billion people online. And you still have the same problem in in Discord, but at least now you can sort of segregate people a little bit into smaller conversations. But yeah, the, the Skype chat could be kind of a mess sometimes. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think 
we'll call it a show there. So before we end, first off, I want to thank all of our guests for coming. I want to thank our listeners and want to give a few shout outs that I've been told to shout out. First off, uh, our friends at Equalism have a festival coming up. If you guys want to check that out, that would be on, I'm pulling up the date, uh, Wednesday. Anybody who wants to come, they're going to celebrate. They got some, they got a celebration going on, so you can check them out over there. They're one of our allies, so uh, they get a shout out. Second, I want to shout out something a little closer to home, but also with an international flavor. We got Survivor coming up next week for the Ministry of Culture. Hosted by Writing Legend, it is going to be survival, survivor culture clash as we bring in different world ideas and different region aspects into one game, Survivor, hosted by Writing Legend. It should be good. A lot of hype building up. He's released a video. we got a Discord server. All the stops are being pulled out for this one. You don't want to miss it. Lots of people in Euro are a big part of it, and it's really a fun activity. So don't want to miss when that happens. That's pretty much it. So we are going to sign off. We also are going to announce that the theme for the next song submission contest is movie songs. We'll open that up shortly after the show ends here. If you want to submit a song from a movie, go ahead and do that. And we'll open our next episode with one of those tasty jams. I am Calvin Coolidge, and I was joined by my guest, Seven Deaths. Thanks for being here. And Sopo, thank you all. Have a good night. Tune in for our next year today, next week.